He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require from you, but to do justice, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. People around the world today are, are broken-hearted about the plight of the Afghani people. The turn of events there with, with the allies pulling out of the country and the Taliban uh, coming in with this, this, this cripplingly forceful rule. Um, it's just been, it's been heartbreaking to watch and particularly, particularly difficult to see is, is the plight of the people trying to leave who feel abandoned by us, it, I mean, how, how how shocking is to see people clinging to the sides of airplanes that are taking off out of the airport, only to fall to their deaths. I mean, how desperate is the situation in that country that leads people to that? There's something deplorable about leaving people doomed to a fate, particularly when it's in our power to bring hope and salvation. We're seeing it played out right before us as, as we leave that country. And I understand that there's, there's, there's lots of nuance and, and it's not one easy answer. It's not just one thing, but, um, but how difficult it is to watch people who, who, who feel trapped and hopeless, stuck in their situation. One of the major struggles, I think, that, that North American Christianity has had over the last uh, really half century is, is a shift away from an eternal perspective. And, and now that's happened, as most things do, as a pendulum. So for, for, for many, many years, for centuries, Christians were seen as uh, pie in the sky, uh, you know, so heavenly minded, they're of no earthly good kind of people, that, that, you know, not caring about today and focused only on eternity. And, and we've responded by swinging the pendulum perhaps too far. We're now, we're so focused on today and, and, and the here and now that I think in, in some cases we've lost our perspective on eternity, that someday Jesus is coming back. There will be a new heaven and a new earth and there will be an eternal reality. And so we've become so focused on today that I think we've, we've ignored the plight of the world who don't know Jesus in eternity. And it, it leads us to, to, to ask the question, because we don't probably talk about it enough, and that is, do we truly believe there is an eternity? And that Jesus is the only gate, the only door into paradise with God. And that all who try other routes will wind up eternally disappointed. And as, as, we, as we grapple with that, do we truly care? Do we really deeply to our core care about people who for eternity will be locked out? Have we, have we become so focused on just life right now that we've lost sight of that mission? Uh, missiologists, people who study uh, global missions and, and study people and, and languages, uh, they've identified that there are 17,400 people groups in the world. 17,400 unique groups of people by sort of language and, uh, and tribe. And, and of those 17,400, they've identified that 7,400 are unreached. 
uh, unreached or, or least reached. Uh, the population of those 7,400 people groups in the world is around 3.2 billion people, about 40% of the world. And, and the way that they, they classify unreached or least reached is, is that there are, are, it's defined as 2%, less than 2% Christ followers, less than 5% professing Christian. So people groups, less than 2% following Jesus, less than 5% who would say they're Christians. There are 3.2 billion people who find themselves in those places where the church is really not making an impact. The church is really not an influence. Um, globally, you, you probably heard of the 1040 window, uh, 10 degrees above the equator, 40 degrees below. It's this band that goes around the earth, and, and uh, 6,200 of those 7,400 people groups are in that band around the earth. And we come to the words of Jesus. As we, we look at those numbers of, of 3.2 billion people who, who were really cut off from the gospel, we see in Matthew 28, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Once upon a time, really not all that long ago, missionaries were revered. They were, they were considered champions of, of courage, a pioneering spirit. They were celebrated. But the missionary movement has fallen into some scrutiny. And sometimes it was, it was difficult to differentiate between the gospel and Western culture at times. But but missionaries now are almost seen as these imperialistic figures going to, to, to really stand over top of cultures and judge. And, 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 and we've, we've really lost, I think, in a culture as Christians, if I'm being honest, I think we've lost some of the passion and the fervor for the missions movement, for these people groups. But do we really believe that people are lost eternally? Do... Do we believe also that life here and now is also found only in Jesus, truly in Jesus? And if that's the case, then it needs to stir up a passion, a fire within us to do something about it. I mean, one of the big, the big questions, the theological questions that I have that, that I'm challenged with and, and have been for years and will be for years really comes down to what about people who were devoutly seeking to do good and, and seeking to do good and, and, and earnestly pursuing God as they know Him, but without ever hearing about Jesus, what happens to them? What happens to people who never hear about Jesus, who try their best to respond to the, the, the conscience that God has put within us? Uh, some might say, well, they'll be judged based on the life they've lived in and their earnest pursuit of God. They'll be judged based on that. But then, then the argument spins around, and, and well, then you look at, at different people groups that, that have never heard the gospel. If we go and we preach to them, we give them an opportunity to reject the gospel, and in some ways we then show up and condemn them. It would be better not preaching the gospel at all, and that just doesn't sound biblical to me. That doesn't sound like what God is calling us to do. And, and, and ultimately, Jesus himself very clearly says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through him. We remember that 
that no one deserves salvation. No one deserves grace. That grace is grace because it's undeserved. And, and that might seem unfair to us who often you know, lean more humanistic. But, but if someone knocks at your door or you see them coming up your stairs and they're carrying a torch in one hand and a bloody axe in the other, you're going to lock the door and call the police. And that's not rude of you. That's not unjust of you. That's not, uh, that's not wrong of you to do. That's a, the wise thing to do. There are times when you lock the door and you call the police. And, and, and the fact that we think we deserve heaven means that theologically, I think we're a little bit off in terms of our view of sin. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God that no one deserves to walk in except by the grace of Jesus alone. And I'm afraid that with this question, the struggle that I have, I'm going to show up someday before Jesus and say, why didn't you? Why didn't you, you do something about all those people who had never heard about grace? And I'm afraid that one day he's going to look at us and he's go, I sent you. I gave you the message. Why didn't you do something about it? I'm afraid that's going to be his response. And thankfully, there is grace and forgiveness. But I think he might ask, why didn't you do anything about those who didn't hear? So as a church, we want to do something. We want to care about the plight of people who, who haven't heard about Jesus. And, and we want to establish a partnership with one of these unreached groups. We'll be looking to support a local, so not, not a Westerner parachuting in, but a local within the culture, within the context, to bring Jesus within that context. Um, Christianity Today has identified some of the most dangerous places in the world, and there are places where it's, where it's extremely dangerous to be a Christian, that you risk everything simply for proclaiming Christ. People, places like North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Pakistan, Eritrea, Libya, Iraq, Yemen, Iran. Those are just the top 10 where you put your life and everything you have at risk for proclaiming Christ and, 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 and how, how slight of an impact the church is having in those places. How can we in, in the West, here on the island, how can we support what's going on there? How can we be part of bringing the gospel, bringing the light into darkness? Um, I think we need to live in this tension that today matters. That it's not about escaping earth because, because this is all going to get wiped out, but about living in, in, in the moment today and enjoying the life that God has given us. And in the moment today matters. Life and life abundant. But without losing that ultimate perspective and holding an intention that eternity is far larger than today. And having that eternal perspective in terms of our mission and our calling and what God has asked us to do, and the light that we're supposed to be in the darkness, and, and for the people on this earth, for all those people who have never heard of Jesus, and for whom the door is currently closed, unless they receive Christ. And how can they receive Christ unless they hear about Christ? And how can they hear about Christ if no one goes to tell them? I think we need to reignite our concern. Because otherwise, are we really much different than the government forces pulling out of Afghanistan, leaving people to their fate?
We live for today, but our ultimate goal and hope is fixed in heaven. And we need that perspective as we look at our lives here and now. Um, and so um, I, I guess a practical takeaway today, one thing I would ask of you is that you would pray for your missions committee. Um, we want to establish a, a partnership. Again, we can't make all the difference. We can't do it all. And, and that's sort of a recurring theme here in this Justice Week is we can't do everything. We can't fix the problem in, in, with one idea, but we can become a part of something. We can make a difference to someone. And so pray for your missions committee as we seek to establish a partnership as we seek to walk alongside someone trying to make an impact in a difficult place, um, walking alongside, resourcing, encouraging, supporting, and praying for them, uh, and that we would invest ourselves into this kingdom mission that God has called us into. Let's pray. God, give us that perspective, that burning perspective of eternity, and that you've put us here on earth not just to enjoy your blessings and enjoy your grace, but to be your ambassadors and to be on mission and to invite those out in the streets into the wedding banquet. God, help us not to lose sight of that. And God, we pray that, uh, that you would identify uh, people individually in our lives and, and as, as a church, as communities, that we can walk alongside, support, encourage, if not go ourselves to go and to tell and to share and to bring light into these dark places on the earth. We pray for courage. We pray for wisdom. We pray that your spirit would go and flow abundantly. Come, Lord Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you again soon.